Hey y'all, we're back. Well, I had a few medical issues and had to go under the knife, so I've been away a little bit. Kind of sucks when you got to go and get your gallbladder removed, but I'm getting over it. A little bit of pain still, but we're still here. Anyhow, uh, wanted to talk. I mentioned at an earlier podcast that we're going to talk about some different other guns that were out there: the gas gun, Nordenfeld gun, and the Gardner gun. And uh, and we'll bring up a little bit more about the uh, Byra gun that was uh, we'd also mentioned in previously. Now, the gas gun was a German twin-barreled machine gun that was developed by Karl Gast of Vorkwerk und Company of Barman and uh, used during the First World War. It was a unique operating system, produced a very high rate of fire at 1,600 rounds per minute. The same principle was later used as the basis for the widely used Kreisebev Shibanov uh, GSH-23L series of the Russian aircraft autocannon. Now, the weapon combines two barrels into a single mechanism, so uh, the recoil from one firing barrel loads and charges the second. Ammunition feeds into the gun from two vertically mounted cylindrical drums, one on each side. The drums held 180 rounds of German 7.92mm rifle ammunition, feeding them into the breech using a compressed spring. The inexperienced gunner could change ammunition drums in just a few seconds. Now the weapon could fire single shots if one side of the mechanism had a problem. The gun's relative lightness at approximately 60 pounds without ammunition led to its airborne use. They mounted a telescopic sight and, uh, between the two barrels, and its simple design eased maintenance and enabled it to be field stripped in under one minute. In January 1915, Carl Gast invented the gun, which would become known as the Gast Machine Working Model 1917, while working for the Volkwerk Company, uh, the first, and the first weapon was produced in January of 1916. Gas took out patents on 21, uh, 21st January 1916 and the 13th of February in 1917, describing his weapon as a double-barrel machine gun with recoiling barrels. Rates of fire, 1,600 rounds per second, uh, per minute rather, and uh, that was achieved during the field trials. In August of 1917, Gass demonstrated was uh, his was so impressive. Ordnance experts that uh, that uh, they made a production order for 3,000 guns, along with spare parts and 10 ammunition drums for each gun, and was awarded to the Volkwerk owned company at the unit price of 6,800 marks apiece. After the first 100 guns were promised for the 1st of June 1918, with production increasing up to 500 guns per month by September of 1918, production of the weapon exceeded these trials projections and uh, the weapons were favorably received with promises of an order for a further 6,000 guns being promised in September of 1918. Now there's a version of the gun in 13 millimeter that would be the Gast Flagger MG, and it was also under development, which used the same ammunition as the Maxim MG TUF, and had two curved box magazines. The uh, gun was rarely used in service, and its existence was kept secret until three years after the armistice. In 1921, the Allied Control Commission finally became aware of the gas gun, 
when a cache with 25 guns and ammunition and designs was found near Konigsberg. Now, Gast himself had applied for a U.S. patent in 1920, which was issued in 1923. A Gast gun was evaluated by the U.S. Army and found to be reliable and mechanically practical. However, after it, it was not felt uh, to offer a significant advantage over existing uh, machine guns to justify the expense of producing the weapon. Years later, the gas concept was rediscovered by the Soviet engineers seeking to improve the uh, firing rates of their aircraft autocannon without res resorting to the Gatling gun concept or powered revolver cannon. How uh, previous efforts either had relatively poor rates of fire or used gas-operated revolvers, neither of which uh, proved entirely satisfactory. The gas concept was adopted by the Gryazev Juvenov GSH-23, which quickly replaced many previously de uh, previous designs. It was also used in larger 30mm versions, that would be the Gryazev Juvenov GSH-30-2. It went a long way. But, uh, now, the Nordenfeld gun, that was interesting, and it was a multi-barreled organ gun, which had a row of up to 12 barrels. And it was fired by pulling a lever back and forth, and ammunition was gravity-fed through chutes for each barrel. It was produced in a number of different calibers, from rifle up to 25 millimeter. Larger calibers were also used, but for these calibers, the design simply permitted rapid manual loading rather than the true automatic fire. The weapon was designed by a Swedish engineer, Helge Palmkrantz, and he created a mechanism to load and fire a multiple-barreled gun uh, by simply moving a single lever backwards and forwards. It was, it was patented in 1873. Now, production of the weapon was funded by a Swedish steel producer and banker, later a weapons maker, and his name was Thornston Nordenfeldt, who was working out of London. The name of the weapon was changed to the Nordenfeldt gun. A plant producing the weapon was set up in England, with sales offices in London, and long demonstrations were conducted at several exhibitions. The weapon was adopted by the British Royal Navy as an addition to their Gatling and Garner guns. Now, during a demonstration held in Portsmouth, a 10-barrel version of the weapon firing rifle-caliber cartridges fired 3,000 rounds of ammunition in 3 minutes and 3 seconds without a stoppage or a failure. However, with the development of the Maxim gun, the weapon was eventually outclassed. Nordenfeldt merged with, in 1888 with the Maxim Gun Company to become the Maxim Nordenfeldt Gun and Ammunition Company Limited. Now, at least one Nordenfeldt gun was reactivated for the 1966 film Cartoon and can be seen firing in a riverboat sequence. Then there's the Garner gun. It was an early type of mechanical machine gun. It had uh, one, two, or five barrels and was fed from a vertical magazine or hopper and was operated by a crank. When the crank was turned, a feed arm positioned a cartridge in the breech, the bolt closed, and the weapon fired. Simple as that. Turning the crank further opened the breech block, extended, and spent, extracted the spent case. The Garner gun was invented in 1874 by William Garner of Toledo, Ohio, formerly a captain in the Union Army during the American Civil War. 
After producing a prototype, he went to the Pratt & Whitney Company, who offered, uh, who, after a year of development, produced a military version of the weapon. A demonstration to officers at the U.S. Navy Yard in 1975 was successful. However, they recommended that Pratt & Whitney continue with development of the system, incorporating improvements into the feed system, which were designed by E.G. Parkhurst, who was an engineer at Pratt & Whitney. The Army attended the test but showed no interest in the weapon. Well, Park, Parkhurst added many improvements to the gun's firing mechanism, which made it more reliable during and during 1877, additional tests took place with a 45 caliber version of the weapon, which determined its muzzle velocity to be 1,280 feet per second. On the 17th of June, 1879, a further demonstration was carried out at the Navy Yard, during which the weapon was presented to Francis A. Pratt and Amos Whitney. The weapon fired a total of 10,000 rounds during the test, taking a total elapsed time of 27 minutes and 30 seconds, with breaks between firing to resolve an issue with one of the extractors. While the uh, test was not without issues, the weapon managed to fire 4,722 rounds before the first stoppage, and after the stoppage was resolved, it fired approximately 5,000 rounds without incident. On the 15th of January and the 17th of March in 1880, duplicate tests were conducted at Sandy Hook pro, uh, Proving Grounds in front of the Army Review Board. The weapon performed well, and they recommended that the Army buy a limited number for field evaluation, noting the low cost of the weapon. However, the Army declined to purchase. At this point, the British Royal Navy, which was successfully deployed the Gatling gun, became interested in it and Garner was invited over to England to exhibit his invention. The Admiralty were so impressed by the demonstrations that they adopted the weapon and purchased the rights to produce it in England. Garner stayed back in England to supervise the construction of the weapons. The British Army then took an interest in machine guns after a series of trials uh, selected the Garner gun. During these tests, a five-barrel Garner gun fired 16,754 rounds before a failure occurred, with only 24 stoppages. Now, when operator errors were taken into account, there were only four malfunctions and 10,000 rounds fired. The Army adopted the weapon, although its introduction was delayed because of opposition from the Royal Artillery. It saw action in the Madhurst War in Sudan, notably the Battle of Abu Klay, where its uh, mechanism proved vulnerable to desert sand and dust. Now, there was also a, a .577-450 Martini, Martini Henry uh, caliber Byra gun. Now, we talked about this a while back. It was based on the Garner gun, but with dual barrels, an overhead drum magazine, and uh, it was designed in Nepal. Now, it's noted that the Byragon only ever produced in very small numbers. Um, they're extremely rare and a wonderful example of Victorian firepower. An American company, International Military Antique, Antiques, found a limited number of these exceptionally scarce weapons in an old palace in Lagan's uh, Selicana in Kathmandu in Nepal which were included with the purchase of over 50,000 antique firearms from the Royal Nepalese Army in 2003. There is still a controversy as the arms cache had to transship through India and questions still remain as to the purchase, 
But it's, uh, I noted that it was a very expensive gun to buy. If you get your hands on one of these, they do work well. But that was just an interesting thing about those guns, you know. And there's a lot of shit out there that you can find. And, and if you start getting into this uh, podcast thing, you do a lot of reading. And a, a lot of people contact you, very knowledgeable people. And uh, they give you a lot of information. It's, it's great with some of these people that come up with this stuff. But anyway, we'll continue on, and uh, if you've got any bitches, gripes, or complaints, feel free to contact us at gunsmoke at yahoo.com. That's G-U-N-S-M smoke at yahoo.com. That's uh, all lowercase, please. Or go to our Facebook page and uh, send us some pictures, a friend request, like everybody seems to be doing. And we'd love to hear from you and like to see what you're doing. So until the next time, y'all take care.